It is time for our community stories with our superintendent of schools, District 77 Superintendent Dr. Paul Peterson is joining us this morning. And we're going to talk about things happening in the schools. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Karen. It's nice to see you again. It's good to see you too. And I know uh, things are busy as the school year is winding down. It really is. I mean, can you believe it? Next week it is May. And no, I, was, I can't believe it. It is still cold. <laughs> I know. I was just at Dakota Meadows this morning. We were at drop off and waving at parents and talking to kids and out there with one of the other uh, supervisors. And that sun was just kind of <laughs> glaring in our eyes. And we're like, nope, we're, we love this. This is good. <laughs> right, they, no, that, that, no, no, no complaints after the winter that we just went through. So yeah, it's uh, things are really ramping up here and um, we'll land the plane in, in June and summer will be here. How do things look in terms of uh, graduation and everything? Everything on track? And Boy, yeah, it, it, it's people are on track. I, our principals, our teachers, our counselors are um, doing everything they can um, in here in these last weeks of the fourth quarter to make sure that the end of the school year with graduation, I mean, it's that is the seminal event. And um, it's behind the scenes. It's just amazing. You would think that everybody is self-motivated to, oh, let's get that diploma and move on with our life. Not everyone. Uh, no, <laughs> our adults in the schools are working so hard to make sure that kids know that this is not the time to shank the punt. Like this is not the time to say, well, you know, I got, I, I got nine tenths of the way, but I guess I'm just gonna, I'm just not going to. So it's stressful, but it's exciting. And um, now you mentioned the graduation rates. We we just yeah. came out with the state numbers. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how they're looking? Yeah, yeah. The state released the uh, grad rates, and you know, it's a little. It's sometimes it can be a little confusing because the grad rates come out so late. So we're so we're talking about the class of 2022. So, so last year. So last year. I mean, so those kids are either in the world of work, they're at college, they're they're doing their own things, but. It takes the state quite a bit of time because there's so many different calculations, but it was good news across the state. Um, the graduation rate for uh, the four-year grad rate ticked up just a little bit. Um, you know, and we were pleased here in Mankato. We, we really held our own. Um, east, what is the percent that we're... Yeah, so east and west, um, the west graduation rate for last year was 91.9. Okay. Um, which is above the state average significantly. And which the, is the state average, by the way? Uh, state average was 80... Um, they're in the mid-80s, 85-ish. Okay. Um, and East High School was 90.53. Okay. And so those were, those were really strong. Um, we also have, you know, our Central Alternative Learning Center gets calculated into ours. And, um, and so that... Uh, create the district uh, average um, is a little below what we see at East and West, but but we're still really um, hanging tough. And you think about those kids that graduated last year, they were sophomores um, when the pandemic hit. And so their whole high school experience was really turned on its side. And um, those are good numbers. And, you know, like I said, it's a four-year grad rate, but the state also, and we also track five-year rates, six-year rates, because not everybody finishes on time. Right. And you know what, that's okay. If it takes them an extra summer, if it takes them an extra year. Um, and uh, But graduation is a key um, gateway in life. There's a lot of things that you that, that are okay maybe not to be good at or, or not to, to thrive or be ex- excellent in. But in our public schools, we put a high, high priority because high school graduation gives you access to other elements of life that if you don't have it, right. it's going to be really tough. 
What were the rates before the pandemic? Because, you know, it seemed like things, a lot of things changed at that point. I mean, has it dramatically increased or similar? Yeah, they're, they've actually been pretty pretty similar. Oh, okay. Um, you know, here in Mankato, the, the rates have always been in that those mid-80s collectively. And, um, and so that's the re- 90s is actually pretty good then. Yeah, yeah, the, ni- the 90s, and, and it's, it's interesting. East and West, there's always some good healthy rivalries between East and West. Last year, in the class of 2021, the East rate was higher than the West rate. Uh-huh. And now this year, they flip-flop again, and, uh, but they're very similar. I mean, we're talking sure. a percentage or two, and, and we have large graduating classes. And so the, the, um, every kid matters. And um, we're feeling really strong about that. There's always improvement to do because our teachers and our principals and our council, people won't stop working on these things until we're at 100 percent because that's really that's the ultimate goal. And some might say, well, that's impossible. But um, that's why we show up every day, because uh, all kids, all kids need um, they need different things. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we're preparing them for what's next in their life. That's some good news about the graduations, but you've had some tough decisions because you've had to make some significant budget cuts. Is it $9.3 million yeah. that you've had to cut because of the downturn in enrollment? Right. Well, there's been a lot of different factors to it. And, and yeah, this winter has been, and now as we're into spring, it's been the painful part of the calendar year. We've talked about this in really three phases in the district. And no doubt, January, February, March into April here, our board approving a $9 million adjustment. Um, really, that adjustment is due to really three factors. One, the state has just continued to not keep up with what it costs to educate a kid in Minnesota. And that happened 10 years ago here in Mankato. Here we are again. If I look back to our historical record, it's about every decade where there's this um, coming to terms in our state with get right-sizing our budgets to um, the reality because most of our money comes from state government. That's one big piece. The other piece is special education costs aren't being covered by the federal government and, and also by the state. And then the third piece has been enrollment. You know, since since uh, the pandemic, districts like ours has have uh, have seen lower um, lower student enrollments. Where are um, they going to other schools or homeschooling or what? What's what's uh, generally happening? Yeah, all of the above. I mean, we we've seen an uh, increase in private uh, private school uh, enrollments here in our region are high. Um, homeschool rates. Uh, spiked initially right as the pandemic uh, surged, but uh, those have kind of leveled off again. Um, Open enrollment, um, Mankato is a large system with great schools, but we also have parents and and kids who make decisions to go to smaller rural schools around us. And, And so all of those things are, you know, we track where our kids are and we ask for feedback about why they're there and, and how can we do things better. And so we'll continue to learn from those things. But, but yeah, the 9 million back to that, that, that's a, that's a that's not a small number. Nine million out of how how much of a budget to give in perspective? Yeah, we've got a budget of about a, of revenues about one hundred and thirty five million dollars. Um, and so when you take the nine million on top of the seven that we cut a couple years ago, on top of the three we cut th- four years ago, you know it it really does add up. And so we're in the implementation phase of that where people are um, being talked to about program shifts, program. Um, uh, elimination. Uh, we unfortunately we will have fewer teachers next year. Do you um, have numbers at this point? To get, for example, how many might be cut, and what does that do to class sizes? Yeah. So our our board approved a, a measure with class sizes that we were going to um, number one right size our staffing to enrollment, but then also tick up our class sizes not not exorbitantly, but 
um, by a plus two or plus three across our system. And so it's it's a little tricky to know exactly what class sizes will be in each individual grade level or school because especially at our K-5, we have neighborhood schools and um, those are, they tend to be smaller schools where um, people are going to the school that, that uh, is closest to their house. Right. And um, so we, we will see some adjustments in a lot of our sections and in a lot of our schools there won't be a there, there, it won't be noticeable, but no doubt um, there will also be classes where our teachers and our kids and our parents will say, wow, th- this is a little different and we're going to have to get our way through this. Um, we, we're really confident that with this plan that has been moved forward, we're going to be able to stabilize ourselves financially. And so we are not going back out to our staff members to say, let's continue to do more with less, mm-hmm. um, work harder. Um, our people couldn't be working any harder. They are just bringing it every day for kids. But um, we're really hoping that uh, the positive things that we're seeing come out of the legislature here in the next few weeks continues to um, become a reality. There's a lot of education finance bills that are moving right now. Um, we're optimistic, cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, Would that, if you get those things that you're hoping for in the legislature, would that mean you could get some of that back of the 9.3 or is a 9.3 a done deal? Yeah, the 9.3 is going to happen. Oh, it um, is? Okay. But, but yeah, that, that is a for sure. But depending upon the scope of the legislative contribution, we may be on a faster path to restore some of the most critical pieces. Such as? Class sizes. Okay. Um, you know, t- teachers are the, the bread and butter of what we do. Um, they are absolutely the most important people in a kid's life in the school setting. And so um, we, we would want to make sure that we're addressing any sort of hot spots that we have in our K through 12 system. Um, and we also know that student support. Um, thankfully, our school board was very, I, I believe it was a very wise decision to tell administrators like myself and our district leaders to keep our hands off of any sort of mental health supports. Um, because that is such a critical need. And when you're cutting $9 million, it's hard to have a whole lot of things to say hands off. But that was one area. Well, that what were... area is getting cut then? I mean, I mean, are there certain like, uh, and I'm just going to name something, the arts, the obviously not, probably not STEM because everybody's all about STEM. So where are the, where are the biggest bleeding yeah, spots? I, yep. I, so I think that, I mean, our, our um, budget is broken out into program um, areas. And so everything from administration, mm-hmm. we're seeing a reduction in administration at our high schools. Um, we're um, pausing our one-to-one uh, technology uh, initiative for 6th through 12th grade kids. Um, so every kid gets a Chromebook. Um, right. And they will continue to get that, but we won't be purchasing new oh, for okay. next year. Um, we are making, like I said, we're making staff adjustments with class sizes. Um, elective offerings at our middle and high school. We're, we, we will continue to have a very comprehensive um, um, registration guide that kids are registering um, from. And, and you know, we, we truly believe that it will be a good experience, but um, some of those classes will be a little bit higher. Um, we'll see some uh, reductions in our capital um, and maintenance budgets, um, clerical support, um, yeah, uh, Really, there's very, very few areas that will go untouched, except for, like I said, counselors, social workers, um, mental health supports, nurses, and transportation are really areas that um, we stayed away from. Are you still having issues with getting and attracting enough teachers and support like Paris, things like that? Mm-hmm. Because that has been an issue and even substitute teachers in the past. Yeah, state statewide, it continues to be an issue. The teacher shortage is real. 
um, we have been really um, fortunate in Mankato that um, we have a competitive pay scale. Um, it's st- competitive pay is one thing, but it's an extremely challenging job. Right. Um, to be a teacher, to be a para, um, it can be incredibly rewarding, but it's also very, very challenging. And uh, so we continue to attract high quality staff members. Um, and we don't, we have, we haven't taken the approach that we're just going to take anybody. Um, these are our community's kids that we're talking about. And so these people need to to come through the, the process and really be strong uh, candidates. Um, and we'll be in the hiring. Even with all these reductions, we will hire throughout the summer. Um, we continue to see resignations or retirements or people who are moving out of the area or going to do other things in their lives. And and so with some of the reductions that we've made, we're really confident that we'll be able to uh, call back some of our okay. folks and uh, keep them with us because many of the uh, probationary folks that are being non-renewed are absolutely exceptional. Sure. They, they are really good teachers. I mean, the, do you worry that if they, they're they told they got to go, they're going to f- go somewhere else? You there, bet. And they yeah. might not come back. Yep. And, you know, I, that same conversation up in St. Peter, over in Rochester, uh, in, in Northfield, I mean, every uh, community or every superintendent that I'm connecting with is worried about that mm-hmm. um, because you, you need to get your budget in line for next fiscal year, which starts July 1. Um, the legislature hasn't finished their work. So and yep. and they don't need to until the end of May, which we totally get. But we can't wait till the end of May to right. make the staffing decisions. We have to make those now. And so we'll we'll be uh, hopefully uh, making the case to bring back as many as we can. Uh, right now, it's just kind of a wait and see. You mentioned the issue of mental health. You said the school board did not want to touch that area in terms of cuts. And I just had Mel Hoffner on the my show was a week or two maybe ago where we talked about the mental health issues and they were bringing in um, Emma Benoit mm-hmm. to talk about suicide prevention and things like that and I know her take on it and she has been a school counselor is mm-hmm. that the fact that more training needs to be done and the type of training that's being done isn't quite enough mm. and especially like sometimes with school counselors or things like that and so she says you know there needs to be more put put in that area is that something that's that's happening or is it a matter of you you're doing what the best you can with what you've got yeah i mean it, I, I think that and, and mel and Todd, i mean they're just incredible community members and yeah. assets and and we're really fortunate to work with mel um in a couple different ways one is to really um bring forward to our region a sizable community grant that's really going to help propel some of the things that she's um passionate about as are we um, sometimes, it, it, not sometimes, it, it always comes down to the resources that you have, the time and the, and the money and the staff that you have. Um, and there's always more to do when it comes to learning. Um, and I would agree that our staff, um, as they learn more about what's happening in the lives of kids and families, um, they tend to respond appropriately um, within the school setting and looking for warning signs, how we support kids in individual sessions, group sessions, making sure that the communication with parents and other caregivers within the community is really well um, um, open and transparent. Um, there's there's a long road to go, but thankfully here in our region and in Mankato schools, we have really worked hard to remove the stigma of uh, mental health. Um, suicide prevention is, you know, we talk about suicide prevention all the time. Um, there's some really exciting pieces that could be coming if granted uh, the dollars from the state. And again, with the Greater Mankato United Way, um, Mel and her, like I said, Mel and her passions, the school district coming together to do good things for kids. 
So it's an but but you were specific. I know when we we came on the air to talk about how the school board said don't touch that pot of money. That's right. Yeah, and I think that that really just reflects. I mean, the social and emotional needs of kids um, continue to be. It's always been important. It continues to be such a priority, along with the academic support and the acad- you know moving kids forward from a learning perspective. We need to make sure that our kids are are um, well. They're mentally well, physically well, all of those things, and and so we ask a lot of questions of kids. We collect a lot of data. The key now is to use that data to affect change in our schools. And thankfully, our board recognized that that was really important work to keep going on. When you look back, of course, the pandemic started in early 2020, and a lot of the kids coming through the system now are all those that have been impacted in yeah. one way or another. I mean, how much do you attribute perhaps some of some what to the mental health or, or other issues to that big change that we had in how learning was was provided. Yeah, I think that um, and it will be really interesting 10, 20 years from now as people are doing research on this time. But I think that in the moment, the people who are the practitioners within our public schools would absolutely say that the pandemic did us no favors mm-hmm. when it can't when it comes to students' feeling of self, sense of belonging, their um, levels of uh, efficacy with who they are as people. Um, it really does demonstrate that kids need we we need to continue to wrap our arms around our youngest of uh, people around us, and those are our kids. And so, when kids were not in school, when they're in their bedrooms or when they're at home, for not just a long weekend, or not even for a week day of spring break, day after day after day. That's right, <laughs> yeah. and weeks, and then months, and then yep. we move into a very volatile time of hybrid and you're going to school, you're not going to school. All of us need some sort of regularity in our life or rhythm, at least I do. Um, but then how that plays out. And then when I'm not in a rhythm, I feel like even you as, feel a, off, as right. a 50 year old, I feel yeah. off. And apparently my brain is pretty fully functioning, like pretty fully formed. I mean, if I'm 13 and you don't or know 14 or now. 10 or 16, I think back to those days and then have that level of herky jerky. Um, yeah, that 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 experience, and um, again, did us no favors. But just so proud of how systems, public mm. systems like public schools, have recognized where kids are at, and made the adjustments in the system. Over the last two years, we have not just said, "Well, pandemic's over. Come on back in. We're just going to get back to it." Things are different. You know, we're spending way more time, way more time with kids about their wellness. Um, whether that's an advisory or morning meetings or the the the, the types of student clubs that have been uh, created at East and West and at Central, to now then have students supporting each other through some really challenging times, and the good news is that we're our data is showing that kids are bouncing back, um, and they're resilient, and we we but we can't just rest and say well they'll eventually figure it out. We need to stay engaged with them. And that's why I think Mel's point is really well taken. We, we need to continue to make that a priority and a focus. And I'm really proud that MAPS has done that. How are test scores and things like that? Because I think they took a, a hit mm-hmm. as well. Well, <laughs> that's great because I'm not great that they took a hit, but we're in um, we're in testing season right now. Uh, the MCAs, which are the state required tests um, in math, reading, and in science, um, our schools uh, are either just wrapping up or they're in the middle or some are uh, will just be starting those. Um, and we're, we're really confident that we're going to see an uptick in those scores. 
because we've made it a priority along with the social emotional elements of school to make sure that kids understand that there are some things they got to learn. And that's, that's uh, also really important. Um, and so our, our teachers, through the direction of their principals and our principals working with our uh, director of teaching and learning, um, we talk about data all the time. And we understand that test scores are a snapshot in time. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that makes up the totality of a kid. Um, and there's a lot of ways that a student can demonstrate what they l- learn. Our teachers do that a lot. The formative sorts of um, ways that they gauge learning presentations and speeches and projects and all of those. But then when it comes to sitting down and taking a test, uh, we also wanna make sure that kids can show their best and demonstrate what they know in that. So um, we are uh, confident, we're hopefully uh, optimistic that we're gonna be seeing some things. And I hope isn't a strategy, but we also know that we've been really doing the work through our professional learning communities um, and our principals are uh, reporting back that there's a real focus to make sure that kids are uh, giving it their all as they uh, work through these exams. We are talking with Dr. Paul Peterson, who is the superintendent of the Mankato Area Public School System. And I know there's a big, big event going on this week that you were uh, mentioning to me when we started. And it's called the Big Nine Music <laughs> Festival. What is that all about? <laughs> well, I tell you, so Big Nine Music Festival has, is the longest running conference music festival in the nation. In the nation? In the nation. Wow. And because of COVID, I mean, this is my fourth year in Mankato schools. Because of COVID, last year was the first one I uh, ever was able to attend. And everyone was talking about, oh, Big Nine music, Big Nine music. Yeah, what is it? So what it is, is it is a coming together of all of the high schools in the Big Nine conference. Oh. So everywhere from Mankato up to Red Wing, down to Rochester, and all of the schools, Owatonna, Northfield, Faribault, everybody comes together for a full day where there are, there are um, choir, band, and orchestra, individual performances by all the, those groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at night, there is a mass concert with all of the, like with the select orchestra and the select choir and the select band. And it is attended by, I mean, there'll be a thousand people. There are thousands and thousands of kids involved in it, and every year it rotates. So last year, the first year I was able to attend it, we were down at Austin High School. Oh, and it wow. blew, blew my mind. This year, by chance, it's at East. Really? So we are hosting wow. on Friday. All, this Friday? This Friday. Okay. Yeah, all day long. There are bands, choirs, and orchestra at East. Everything during the day is free of charge. People can come in, take a listen to any sort of school. Everything's on our website. You can take a look at what that schedule is. Now, does that include individual performances? Because I remember uh, I was in you know, band and choir, very mm-hmm. active in that sort of thing. And I remember practicing and practicing and how nerve-wracking it was because you wanted to get a silver or a gold right. rating. And, and you'd play in front of people. And it was very... Very nerve-wracking, I remember, but, you know, something you really were proud of. So, uh, is, Or is it mainly the, the group ones that I, are... I remember that, too. That, that So solo ensemble. God, yeah, the, yeah. The stress of like, oh, my playing goodness. my baritone and, like... I was clarinet <laughs> and his vocal, yeah. Yeah, so this is something different. That We also are very involved in that, and that okay. happens in the spring. And oh, that's a different thing. Yep, that's different. Oh. Th- this is just the athletic conference oh, of okay. all of these these ensembles coming together and uh, the night conference, there is an admission charge at the at the door, um, and we just want to encourage as many people to if they if they're interested. Like I said last year, first time I had a chance to see it, and it was just a 
beautiful. And the fact that it's been going on for decades. Where is this at? So this, it's going to be at the East High School gym. Oh, it'll be the East High School gym. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's uh, On it's Friday w- night. On Friday nights at 730. Okay. And it's way too big to like hold in a theater or an auditorium. And that's why it's in a gym. There will be more kids perform. This was great about Austin when I got to, when, when I saw it last year. There are more kids on the gym floor <laughs> performing than in the audience. Oh, wow. I mean, and thank goodness, because there's no room for anybody else. Right. It's it's just uh, it's just a great uh, tip of the hat to our arts community, to our musicians. The directors have been working on this for, and there are guest conductors for all the band, the choir, and the orchestra. And that's really, that's really neat for kids to be able to work with them throughout the day. And sure. then uh, play for them at night. So who kind of coordinates that? Is there a is that an overall organization that does that? No, well, so it it comes through the athletic conference. But if you're the host school, you're so doing if, a lot of work. <laughs> so if you're Andrea Brinkman, oh. and you're the choir director at East, or um, or if you're Jeff Deline, the yeah. principal at East High School, or Todd Waterbury, the you're AD, busy. they have been cranking on this for weeks. And I just met with Jeff yesterday again. And uh, I mean, now it's just all about the finishing touches and. You know, it's, it's kind of feels similar to like, you know, putting on a prom or putting yeah. on a graduation because you want to show, I mean, you got a lot of kids and right. a lot of adults from the the conference coming in and um, they're going to be impressed with Mankato. That's great. Yeah. So, okay, if, if people want to go, it's this Friday, 730 at East High School, the Big Nine Music Conference. Is That's that right, Big, Big Nine Music Fest. Okay, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm going to end, end on a positive note. Anything else you'd like to add before I let you go, Paul? No, appreciate I'm, you. Yeah, I, know, I appreciate that. And like, as you said, I'll be back in May. And by the, by the time I'm back in May, we're going to be in, we're going to be in graduation mode and we can talk all of those events and then our Summer Ignite program for summer school and well, let's hope that the legislature's made some decisions yeah. to have more concrete answers then, too. That's right. We can go through uh, what we'll be working through uh, for the next biennium. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thank you. All right. Dr. Paul Peterson with the Mankato Area Public Schools.